it's a good time for journalism yeah, if you I can get the that. job. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's never been better. There's never been more material out there. It is. Or if you're a comedian. Or a comedian. Yeah. Well, if you're a comedian, the, the comedy kind of writes itself. It's, you got to compete with reality more than ever. It's a lazy time to be a yeah, comedian. it's true. Yeah, it's a very lazy time. Saturday Night Live should be just yeah. CNN at this just, point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you could just be like, Supreme Court, what's up with that? Laughs. Yeah. So today, we've got a really good show for you guys. We uh, went out, and we've got an interview. Cornelius, you went out and got an interview, and he came in studio, so you guys will get a chance to see this uh, here on Facebook and uh, YouTube here in a second, uh, as you're seeing us right now, which normally they don't see us. We just promised that we were going anchor, like we were going audio, and now here we are visually. But we had something good. What, What do we have for him? Um, so we have an interview with Thatcher Schmidt, who is a freelance reporter here in Portland. And Thatcher and I both worked on an article for the Portland Mercury about how a- illegal Airbnbs are impacting the housing market despite a new city clampdown on, on illegal short-term rentals. Okay. So, And we're, we're doing this um, kind of quasi-live stream on Facebook um, as an experiment in seeing if we can without too much effort or maintenance just live stream things um in a raw state but we've already screwed it up because we we can't live stream it because the article doesn't come out until tomorrow it's tuesday and uh, the article comes out wednesday so um so yeah yeah so we 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 put (laughs) i'm i have to apologize to andrew because i promised him he wouldn't have to edit video anymore um since we went to a purely audio podcast form, and um, and now we're right back where we started. This is what I do for a living, so we'll be all right. <laughs> so, all right, so we got a really good show. Let's get into it. Great. I'm here with um, Thatcher Schmidt, who is a freelance reporter here in Portland, Oregon. And we recently both worked on an article that we'll be publishing in the Portland Mercury in print on Thursday and online on this Wednesday. It's Tuesday when we're doing this recording, so we're not going to post right away. Um, so we'd like to talk about this story, which is about um, the impact Airbnb is having on the Portland housing market and how new regulations that are coming into effect this winter will not address the worst actors in the Airbnb market, those folks who are renting out their entire homes illegally. Hello. Thatcher, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so tell us about the story. What's what's the nut graph? Um, I mean, I think the the basic um, the basic direction of the story or the basic finding of the story is that um, illegal short term rentals posted on Airbnb may keep uh, more than fifteen hundred units housing units out of the market uh, even after the city's clampdown or, or uh, negotiated agreement with Airbnb takes effect this winter. So um, the city's been working on. Um, you know, has been in discussions with Airbnb for some time and is about to announce some pretty important um, agreements and, and some new data. But um, I think what we find is that more than 1,500 units will still be illegal Airbnb rentals will still be on the market. And by way of comparison... Say off the market, off the long-term market. And so people get a sense of, you know, is that a significant number? Is that not a significant number? Um, 
we've, we've compared it to the bond that was passed two years ago right. in the city of Portland, which is over $260 million, which will create- 258, 12, I think, yeah. 1,300 units. Well, that'll create mm -hmm. 1,300 affordable units right. um, on the taxpayer's dime. So, mm -hmm. so 14, 1,500 units taken out of the market um, for illegal Airbnbs. Some people are saying that's a significant number. Sure. Yeah, and, and I think it is important to look at um, the enforcement piece. And um, part of what I think we're doing in this story is just following the logic of um, using Air, inside Airbnb's data, uh, which was also used by a, a recent audit from the city auditor's office, and just kind of following those, those uh, conclusions out, take, you know, and... Um, also, you know, double checking that data and uh, with conservative assumptions and having an independent data analyst, you know, here in Portland look at it. And so, you know, data and Airbnb, it's all kind of an opaque sort of topic. Uh, a lot of people love Airbnb. I use it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've used it around the country and around the world. Uh, a lot of people do. A lot of people have applauded its, you know, its disruption of the hotel industry. Sure. A lot of people make, obviously, money off uh -huh. their properties. and But it's a double-edged sword because very few people know its actual impact on uh, the housing market. Here in Portland, we have a housing crisis. A housing state of emergency was declared in 2015. Mm -hmm. And cities around the country and around the world have struggled with how do you deal and regulate with with this 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 what is an unregulated market in many places sure and one of the problems is that they can't get any data from the company yeah yeah a couple things come to mind from what you just said um, one is that you know the sharing economy is pretty hip and um, equ equity and inclusivity is not always uh, as hip uh, and you know I think Portlanders are, are conflicted and ambivalent about this because they're sensitive to the fact that we're in a, a crisis with our housing. And so the city did create rules to regulate Airbnb two years ago, mm -hmm. and for yeah I think 2014 I believe. So and the thank you. Um, so the rules specifically say, and they're designed so that people do not run sort of little hotels out of their house, right? And the way they they create that structure is saying that you cannot rent a place that you do not occupy and you can't rent it for more than 95 days a year. So the heart of the matter is there are people, perhaps 1,500 people, um, who, who appear to be renting out their homes for greater than sure. 95 days yeah to make things worse this is called the the 270 day rule right um yeah and that's the number of days you have to occupy your house it's complicated stuff right, right. It's, it's sort of hard to understand or hard to explain but it, i think it's also very simple in a way which is to say that it's it's about the intent of uh even the airbnb name is I mean, the idea of a bed and breakfast is, and, and what you will see on Airbnb Citizen and the company's um, promotional or marketing efforts is they're talking about people sharing their homes. So the idea is, has never been, uh, including for other short-term rental uh, agencies or companies, uh, the idea is, has never been about just turning your house into a hotel. Um, but we know lots of people, at least anecdotally, and the data shows, the people who do. Right. And it's it doesn't take a lot of digging or asking around 
to find other people who are like, oh yeah, the house down the street is that it's totally just like a revolving door hotel. And mm-hmm. these are these are the folks that we, you know, indicate are the bad actors. And the city new new city regulations, which have been in negotiations for a long time now, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, won't address this at all. Uh, they will um, be getting a number of new data points, but uh, they will not be getting transactional or tenancy data that will be. Um, in my understanding is uh, from talking to multiple city officials um, th- that will give them sufficient ability to enforce the 270-day rule. Um, and, you know, th- this um, ag- agreement will allow them to uh, increase enforcement of, and it will certainly be a, a, a positive thing, And as, uh, you know, and, and Mayor Wheeler and others at City Council talk about the rolling out of a new rental registration system, which is also a good thing. There's going to be um, a much better, I think, inventory of the long-term rental market. Um, but there's no reason to believe in Portland that, that the city will be able to crack down or enforce these um, you know, bad actors who are not doing multiple listings. They may not have multiple homes that they're renting out as short-term rentals, but they may have one home that is on the market um, or is being rented in a short-term rental illegal Airbnb capacity of more than 270 days per year. Uh, and, you know, it's also important to point out that we're using inside Airbnb's data, which is was web scraped, and then we're taking a, a conservative number from that. Uh, and we have to do that because the, the company, Airbnb itself, has not shared uh, data in the past, either with the city or with uh, the public. It's been very proprietary with its data, presumably to protect the privacy of its hosts, but this kind of um, opaqueness is also shielding bad actors and illegal Airbnbs. So it's not just inside Airbnb data that we use, however, though. We're also using um, data from 538 and from oh, Air... Air DNA. Air DNA, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the numbers we used. Okay, well, the numbers we use are that, um, you know, looking at homes that have, um, you know, more than the numbers of days that would be uh, violating the law, um, we're looking at uh, 1,769 houses in violation. um, And then from that, once we remove multiples who are also in violation because we expect that the city's negotiated agreement with Airbnb will allow them to crack down in multiples because they'll have information about the hosts, uh, we'll still have uh, 1,573 houses in violation. And that's an estimate, but uh, it's a significant number. Um, you know, uh, we, we met uh, through a, a common friend who's also a journalist, uh, Mike Anderson, um, who's been doing some work for Sightline, and um, he, in a recent piece, referred to s- something called naturally occurring affordable housing. And I think, um, in the in the sense of like these are houses that have been around and have been rented for many years in some cases, um, and we don't really know how many of those houses, uh, those say it's fifteen hundred seventy three. We don't know how many of those would be long term rentals if they weren't being short term rentals for a fact. But it's safe to say that many of them would be naturally occurring affordable housing. 
And so, you know, for me, it makes me think of the the uh, flap houses and boarding houses of the Great Depression era and uh, some of the, the ways that people used to be able to, to live in housing, you know, and rent for a reasonable price that are no longer available to them here in Portland. I mean, skyrocketing rents. Yeah, people would most likely, or at least some of those folks who are now running illegal hotels, would put their buildings or properties back into the rental market. They would make less money than they could by renting their house for, you know, $200 a day or something. Um, but it would become legal housing back in the market. You know, um, you'd have roommates, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. Um, which in a housing crisis is, um, you know, it's it's a reality that um, anything that 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 restores housing units is is a good thing. We we are based on that assumption. Now, Airbnb uh, inside Airbnb is a site run by Australian activist Murray Cox, and five thirty eight. Um, is a website, you know, it's it's a well-established data-driven journalism website. Mm-hmm. And, but Cox is controversial. Airbnb um, said the data is is not reliable. It's not accurate. Cox, it implied, Airbnb implies that Cox is working in tandem with the hotel industry, their, mm-hmm. their, their arch rivals. Right. Um, but tell us a little bit about how, how that inside Airbnb site determines its data. Uh, well, it's web scraped data, so it's based on on what the bots that crawl the website on a regular basis are able to to get from the uh, data points that are already on the website. And um, you know, we did reach out to Airbnb after a Think Out Loud interview in which um, an Airbnb spokesperson basically insinuated that um, Inside Airbnb was working in tandem with the hotel industry. We asked them to back that up, and they declined to give us any more information about that. We also reached out to Marie Cox, and he said that, that that's unfortunate that they would say that, and then he said that the, that's a lie. You know. So, so this, it's a controversial source of information, but we did use multiple sources of information to create an approximate number. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Inside Airbnb itself was credible enough for a city auditor's report to come out based on this information. Sure. Can you tell us about what the city auditor report was and what its findings were? Um, so the city auditor's report looked at um, and, and found that 22%, it looked at the uh, inside Airbnb data and found that uh, 22% of uh, the required permits were held. Um, so, in other words, only 22% of, of people renting um, on Airbnb had the required city permits. Um, it didn't really, it decided to, to say that, that it could not determine the effect on the housing market. So, it, it kind of stopped. It said that the, the data was uh, insufficient um, for doing that. So, um, And the city has been focused more on Airbnbs getting permitted yeah. rather than these people who are running small little hotels, illegal hotels, their emphasis has really been, we want to get everyone to have a permit first. And Airbnb's position would be, has been, well, we want people to get permitted, but we don't want you to have to inspect the homes, right. which is a requ- current requirement of the permits. And yeah, they will, the city will be curtailing its requirement up till you know, the moment it has a 100% in-person inspections for um, short-term rentals, and it will be curtailing that. Uh, only the, the most, according to Sophia June in the mayor's office, only the frequent renters will be getting in-person inspections going forward. Um, 
But, um, you know, I, I think um, it might be worth mentioning something that, you know, sometimes when you write a story like this, um, there's some great material that doesn't make it into the piece. And in the sense of that um, city's audit, uh, it's interesting to note that one thing that didn't make it into the final story was a, a conversation I had with a respected local economist, uh, Joe Courtright, who made some interesting criticisms of that auditor's report. He said it's, quote, extremely vague on the most important details, uh, unquote, and then you know, that unquote, uh, or quote, uh, they've also developed their own estimates of total room nights of rentals, uh, Courtright said, but but not divulged them in the audit report. So, um, And what does that mean? Well, it, it, basically, the, that's what I was talking about, that they just decided that because uh, of this data being not 100%, you know, they, these are data estimates, this is web scrape data, is, um, so it's not coming directly from the company or from, you know, something that the city considers to be 100% reliable. They didn't want to follow that through, is, is my understanding. But I should and point I, out that the, the city auditor's office was also very helpful in responding to our public records request. They gave us some great data on uh, Airbnb's lobbying activity and um, also some you know, of the emails and, and texts. That and then I had a conversation with a city official in which they shared that their uh, their conversations with an Airbnb lobbyist confirmed that 12, 1,300 units um, of housing were being taken out of the housing market due to in, you know, illegal Airbnbs. So that they they understand that yeah, they understand they that they have that it, they privately. don't d- dispute it privately. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of that, if it's con- coming from their data or whether it's coming from Airbnbs inside Airbnb, we don't know. But they certainly acknowledge roughly that number. Uh, of units are being taken out. Hmm. So, well, and, and we... we point out in the story, you know, that, that, and I think we leave it to the reader and, and we can le- leave it to the viewer or the listener in this case, but it's, um, you know, the data, the lobbying data shows that uh, Airbnb is, is, you know, in the top two or three, both for the last fiscal year um, and the last four fiscal years. Um, after, you know, I think for the last four f- fiscal years, it was behind only Lyft and Uber and its, its uh, lobbying activities. And, you know, and that includes um, emails and, you know, phone and in-person conversations and texts with uh, 30 different city officials in all five commissioner's offices. So there's significant relationships there. Um, but I think, you know, it's also important to say that the, the city has, has, you know, a lot of city elected, uh, elected officials and staff have been good custodians of the public interest in, in a lot of ways, and including making uh, strong efforts to you know, build new affordable housing and leveraging some new taxes and, and fees, including on Airbnb. And as Airbnb's um, public, uh, as their public information officer or a spokesperson pointed out, they've paid uh, over $14 million in taxes here in, in Portland. And, and also, you know, they pointed to the beneficial effect that they feel they've had on the, uh, the Portland economy. And uh, obviously, as any Portlander knows, uh, tourism is definitely booming here. up a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about how how we came to um, 
to come to this story and mm -hmm. maybe just tell me a little bit about about yourself. Why did you come to Portland? What brought you to Portland? Um, my brothers and a, a job, a journalism job, actually uh, working for the Daily News in Longview. Um, and I've been a social worker and, and musician as well. I've um, I've been uh, currently I do uh, half time freelancing and half time social services. Um, in the journalism, I've been writing quite a bit about uh, people experiencing poverty and, and housing, um, tech and, and music and, and stuff like that um, for The Guardian, The LA Times, The Willamette Week and The Mercury. Um, you know, I think Portland's got a lot of, of great um, media and a lot of great websites and, and people, you know, it's a, it's a great city. It's a very literary, smart city and um, it's fun to be a part of it here, you know. I'm, uh, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm a cheesehead. And uh, I've been here in Portland for a decade and, and uh, married and have a couple kids here and feel pretty connected and, and I love Portland and, and um, you know, I still have a lot of love for the Brew City. Uh, we met at, at uh, the Kennedy School's Priced Out screening. Oh, that's through, right. That's uh, right. Through Mike Anderson. And, and um, I, this was your idea, this, this story originally, I believe. The story was, was um, came to me um, and uh, we originally had talked about maybe about doing something about the Oregon legislature. Because there's there's a lot of kind of reporting and priced out that that could use follow up and more in depth. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, sometimes there's a statistic there, say like on the the number of uh, landlords, percentage of landlords in the Oregon legislature, mm -hmm. that could be storyfied, so to speak. Um, you could wrap a story around the data. Mm -hmm. um, so we originally talked about that, but then some months later, in the spring, I want to say mm -hmm. of uh, of this year, I became aware someone brought to my awareness, Air, inside Airbnb's data. Mm -hmm. um, and that just was so fascinating. Um, this is before the city auditor's report. And um, so w I was like, wow, this is just really interesting. I'd love to dig into this. But um, I really felt like it, it was a good opportunity for some team reporting. And since we had met and talked about it, I, 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 uh, I, gave, you a, I gave you a ping on that. Mm -hmm. And I, I should also point out that nobody seems to know even the most basic pieces of data on this company, like uh, what its market share in Portland is or elsewhere. But until they start um, s sort of uh, sharing and, and allowing for some transparency, uh, given the many uh, anecdotal and, and data-driven uh, points that, that suggest that they're having a significant impacts on a lot of housing markets, they're in court battles with New York City and, and uh, recently settled a court battle with uh, San Francisco and um, you know, until that happens, I think that Inside Airbnb is going to continue to be, um, you know, very successful and, and very closely looked at by, by a lot of people. Yeah, it, it's, it was interesting because I had done a lot of um, data-driven stories when I was at a website called Go Local PDX. Some of them I was the editor on, some of them I did myself. Mm -hmm. And this just had the makings of a classic data-driven story in which, you know, the number is the story. You know, from the number, 1,500 illegal units that will not be addressed by city, new city regulations and clampdown. Um, you know, that's, that's, we just have to then kind of tease it out, vet, ground truth, um, gather quotes. And, but the problem was is that the, the numbers were, were coming from this source that was so controversial. And so it, it was an interesting, an interesting exploration to see how many cities um, are using this this mm -hmm. website's data sure and then you know when we were late in the story you know wrapping it up pretty much the city auditor report uh came out mm -hmm. and we we're like oh well 
we're good. Yeah, it, it came <laughs> out, but it, it didn't really follow the, you know, the the uh, data to its logical conclusions, and it didn't really assess the impact on the housing market. Um, and I think, you know, it'd be worth mentioning that Amanda Waldrop did a, a story for Street Roots recently, like looking at, um, you know, the Airbnb um, impact in other cities and, and uh, among other things. And, and um, you know, we've, we've seen, like I said, that, you know, as we've seen uh, Congress look more closely at and scrutinize Facebook and, and Twitter and, and Google's practices, we're also seeing, uh, I think, you know, municipal governments are really uh, kind of more skeptical of, of Airbnb and other short-term rental companies' uh, impact on the market. But whether they're willing to do what's necessary, whether they have that political courage that's necessary to actually take the steps and in some cases be willing to um, lock horns with, with companies like this and, and um, you know, to, to enforce these rules uh, is another question. So the city has claimed that it is extremely difficult to enforce these rules. It's essentially a complaint-driven system currently. And what we've been told on, on occasions is that they would have to set up stings. Um, what else have so they what told my... you about the challenges around these enforcements and why they haven't mm -hmm. been enforcing this rule? So, um, you know, it's almost like there's this legacy housing system and then this, you know, in the last decade or so, this entirely new parallel uh, market, which is totally based online, has evolved. Um, you know, I talked to Patrick Berry, who, who does a, an apartment appraisal um, kind of a market uh, rental report here in Portland, and, and he described it as a shadow market, um, similar to, you know, adult children that rent from their parents in the basement or, or something like that. And, um, you know, when I talked to um, Mike Liefeld, the, the supervisor of the enforcement team at the Bureau of Development Services, he just said that this this 270-day rule is, quote, extremely difficult to enforce. And uh, everything is set up where the burden of proof is on the city. They don't do stings. Um, they they were using, uh, you know, guest reviews, I think, on the Airbnb website to, to you know, do enforcement. So... Uh, you know, clearly the city is going to have a lot more information after this agreement uh, with Airbnb is finalized, which they, uh, a couple of city officials said would happen by the end of this year. Um, however, it, you know, and the, the whole point of our story is I think every indication is that it still won't be able to enforce this 270-day rule. Now, we also bring up that um, to staff a position, a full-time position at mm -hmm. the city that would theoretically, for example just enforce the 270-day rule mm -hmm. would cost roughly $70,000. You know, when you factor in benefits, pay, we're just, you know. Right. And yet we're, we are also the taxpayers shelling out over $200 million to create roughly the same amount of affordable housing units. The metro area voters are considering uh, over $600 million uh, to be spent on affordable housing for the region. $70,000 for enforcement um, seems pretty small. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is a good point to point out that, that in conversations with Portland Tenants United and the Oregon Community Alliance of Tenants um, and people that are, are working hard uh, at those organizations to support tenant rights and just cause and, um, 
you know, just really helping some of the vulnerable renters in the city of Portland who have been pushed to the, the fringes of the city. Uh, I mean, the 2017 State of, of Housing report by the Portland Housing Bureau, for me personally, was, was shocking, even with, you know, five, six years of, of um, a constant barrage of, of negative news about, um, you know, people trying to rent and, and pay for uh, rentals here in, in the it was it was shocking to see some of the groups that are just almost completely pushed out of the housing market now in Portland. There's almost no neighborhood in which a number of key groups like a single mom, um, you know, or, or uh, African Americans or Latinos um, are, are some of the ones that they point to in that that uh, report. Uh, there there are very few to no neighborhoods in which those um, categories. Um, of people are theoretically able to rent affordably in Portland now. And so, you know, I think in talking to uh, CAT and um, PTU, you, you really get a sense of that. And, you know, we interviewed someone that, um, Jude Boatman, who was pushed out of a, a long-term rental by a landlord who text messaged her and said, yeah, I'm turning it into an Airbnb. And, um, you know, I, I don't uh, suspect for a minute that that's the only case that that's happened. Yeah, and if you can if you can turn a rental that's renting for fourteen hundred dollars a month into something that's renting for a hundred dollars a day, and you can get away with it, then there's no sense of being consequenced that you are in no threat uh, of harm. Then why wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> that's the market, right? So. where we are you know for us here in Portland we think that 1500 units is a significant number um, to be fair to to the market and its advocates uh, Patrick Berry of the Berry report is quoted in the in the article as well and he's saying you know the new apartments that are being put online by developers four to five thousand a year mm -hmm. you know makes a much bigger impact on on the market Sure. Um, and um, we're not sort of saying that that's not true, but this is a significant number. Um, and just to kind of wrap up, to pull back a little bit, what have you seen in other cities and how they're dealing with Airbnb? Have you seen some good models for how um, Airbnb is, is being regulated or seen as a, a useful partner or it, where it's, it's uh, just... New York is the biggest U.S. market for Airbnb, and they are um, in a court battle. Airbnb is currently suing the city of New York for a recently passed law, which um, is asking Airbnb, or, or I should say mandating Airbnb, to share some limited tenancy information. And so that's what Portland does not seem to be doing uh, with this upcoming agreement, is requiring uh, what Mike Liefeld calls transactional and I would call tenancy information, which is to say granular data about when are people staying in these units, right, right. how many days a year is it that would allow for the enforcement of that 270-day rule. And that lawsuit could, could certainly be influencing Portland's hesitancy to require that data until that suit is, is resolved. I mean, you know, I did have a quick um, phone interview with uh, Mayor Wheeler and, and a couple of his staffers, and, and he emphasized, uh, you know, the consensus uh, approach, you know, uh, seeing the mutual benefit here um, but he also pointed out that he's not taking any strategy off the table uh, but you know it, it, it does say something when Airbnb is willing to take on a city as big as New York you know that uh, Portland's <laughs> and um, 
going to be a, probably a much less of a concern for a company like that. So um, at the same time, we have a, a big, uh, you know, a lot of short-term rentals going on here. I mean, we're the 12th um, office to open, I think, for this company and, and employs um, something like 400 people here. And, and well, that's the way it is. It's, it's a, a conflicted population in many ways regarding Airbnb. People seem that uh, you talk to in particular seem to know People are scamming the system, but at the same time, they just love the sharing economy. They love the opportunities yeah. that it seems to present, and um, and that's where we're at. We're at. It's but it's it's in the the ball is in the city's court and then the activist court on on what to do next with this um, this what we think is a giant oversight. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I talked to people in you know Pioneer Courthouse Square and uh, even a, a gentleman that I spoke with there who was uh, you know in a basically sounded like he was in a crisis with his own rental trying to find a new place to live and um, unable to afford it and he still was like you know I, I get it I, I want people I know people that I want them to be able to make money on Airbnb and um, you know what what Mayor Wheeler said is that you know short-term rentals are very lucrative and desirable and what we don't want it to do is have a significant portion of our housing stock taken up by people from Palm Springs when we have people in our own community who are struggling to keep a roof over their head and so we'll leave it to you know, the people to determine whether 1,573 units is a significant portion. Back to you, Portland. Thanks so much, Thatcher. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, um, and we'll toss it back to Andrew. <laughs> All right, and we're back. And so how do, uh, tell me again, how did you get, do you normally write these stories? Is this something that you typically do? Uh, how did you get set up with this? I actually kind of came out of retirement to do this story. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like Jordan, huh? Yeah, you know, it it was just, I haven't done very much freelance reporting um, since I began Priced Out. Uh, and so, you know, I do other things. I, I've been a private investigator um, and I do lots of odd jobs. But um, basically, since the film is wrapped up, I've been putting a toe back into the freelance world. And so, um, like we say um, in the interview, I did approach Thatcher to work to work on this story. But it, yeah, basically, I haven't written a story in in three three and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm excited about this one. It's important. It's I, important I don't America. read the paper, but I will go out and do. I can go out and get this. You can get it online too. Okay. We'll have a link. Okay. To the story uh, on um, in the show notes and in in, in the comments and. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a deep read. It's a long story, but um, hopefully, uh, if people will will read it, I think it's important. What what national impact do you think this story is gonna uh, could have or should have? I should say. Well, I mean, it's it nationally. Who knows? You know, it, I think hopefully other people in other markets will read this and know what Airbnb is up to and right. see how you know learn from our mistakes as a city, much right. like the gentrification story, which is. Yeah. Um, see how Portland's getting it wrong. Yeah, that's why I said, what what impact should it be? Because yeah. that's the hope is that you guys are kind of not whistleblowing because it's kind of is it so it's not whistleblowing. Yeah, whistleblowing is usually like yeah. an insider. So if someone yeah. from Airbnb dropped the data yeah. and said that, oh, look at these illegal Airbnbs, that would technically be a whistleblower. We're, we're just you know being reporters, just reporters. All right, just being jerks like every, ruining the party for everybody. That's what we do. Yeah, that's why we have no friends. Oh no, it's just me. Oh, no, <laughs> so it's the best place to end, I guess. 
<laughs> so this is a special this is a special edition. So we will see you guys for another priced out in a few weeks here. Yeah. So we still have Fred coming. We just want to give you this first, okay? And and please uh, continue to follow us or start following us on Facebook on and YouTube. We'll still be putting things out there, but but most importantly, wherever you get your podcasts, we're, we're now on nine different formats. Yes, pretty good. Yes. All right. You will hear from us again. All right.